traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Ah, I hate to do this to you. I really do. Uh, But I got to do it. Uh, Joe Biden's speaking right now. Now, it's important. I'm curious as to what he's saying. I don't think he's really revamping our strategy much regarding Ukraine, but he's speaking right now at the White House. Let's try to listen. These are direct transfers of equipment from our Department of Defense to the Ukrainian military to help them as they fight against this invasion. And I thank the Congress for appropriating these funds. This new package on its own is going to provide unprecedented assistance to Ukraine. It includes 800 anti-aircraft systems to make sure the Ukrainian military can continue to can continue to stop the planes and helicopters that have been attacking their people and to defend their Ukrainian airspace. And at the request of President Zelensky, we have identified and are helping Ukraine acquire additional longer range anti-aircraft systems and the munitions for those systems. Our new assistance package also includes 9,000 anti-armor systems. These are portable, high-accuracy shoulder-mounted missiles that Ukrainian forces have been using with great effect to destroy invading tanks and armored vehicles. It will include 7,000 small arms, machine guns, shotguns, grenade launchers to equip the Ukrainians, including the brave women and men who are defending their cities as civilians and they're on the countryside as well. Shotguns. And we're and we and as well as the ammunition, artillery and mortar rounds to go with small arms, 20 million rounds in total, 20 million rounds. This will include drones, which which. uh, demonstrates our commitment to sending our most cutting-edge systems to Ukraine for us. Turn it down for a moment. Here's the deal. He's not setting up a no-fly zone, uh, and that's what Zelensky really wants. But you know what? I'm actually uh, I'm open-minded on that issue. Maybe we don't want to be doing that. All right? Turn it back up, please. We are fully committed to surging weapons of assistance to the Ukrainians, and more will be coming as we source additional stocks of equipment that, are all, that we're ready to transfer. Now... Now, I want to be honest with you. This could be a long and difficult battle, but the American people will be steadfast in our support of the people of Ukraine in the face of Putin's immoral, unethical attacks on civilian populations. We are united in our abhorrence of Putin's depraved onslaught, and we're going to continue to have their backs as they fight for their freedom, their democracy, their very survival. We're going to give Ukraine the arms to fight and defend themselves through all the difficult days ahead. We're going to continue to mobilize humanitarian relief to support people within Ukraine and those who have been forced to flee Ukraine. In just the past few weeks, we provided $300 million of humanitarian assistance to the people in Ukraine. Right, and now he's rehashing countries. the stuff that we already did. I'm okay. You know, look, uh, he's, he's, he's being cajoled into all of this. A lot of this stuff, a lot of these munitions, it would have been great for Ukraine to have them before the invasion happened. You know, I heard all the time, he's going to invade, he's going to invade, he's going to invade. 
The Biden administration was saying that so much, even Zelensky was like saying, shut up with that. Maybe he won't. That would have been a good time to get. It's very hard to get all this stuff over there right now in the middle of a war. Is he wrapping up yet? Hold on. Go back. Pressure on Putin's crumbling economy, isolating him on the global stage. That's our goal. Make Putin pay the price, weaken his position while strengthening the hand of the Ukrainians on the battlefield and at the negotiating table. Together with our allies and partners, we're going to stay the course and we'll do everything we can to push for and end this tragic, unnecessary war. This is a struggle that pits the appetites of an autocrat against humankind's desire to be free. And let there be no doubt, no uncertainty, no question. America stands with the forces of freedom. We always have and we always will. Uh, Thank you all and God bless you. And I'm going to walk over and sign this legislation, sign this bill to allow the drawdown of those materials. And may God protect their young Ukrainians who are out there defending their country. Well, we're going to stand with the Ukrainians, but we're going to stand back a bit. Um, They'll be doing the fighting with our stuff. And actually, that may be the plan. That may be a good idea right now. Hold on. He's he's signing the document with, oh, boy, Millie and Blinken, two weaklings right behind him. Hold on. Let's turn it back up. Is delegation authority under Section 506A1 of the Foreign Assistance Act of 1961, translated into plain English, a total of $800 million in defense order. Mr. President, what will it take for you to send the Polish mate that President Zelensky is asking for? I'm not going to comment on that right now. I'm not going to comment on any other than what I told you. Thank you. And there he goes. Yeah, those Polish MIGs. All right, how would it work? They would take the MIGs from uh, Poland. Poland would donate the MIGs, and we'd have to give F-16s to the Polish and... uh, uh, Putin has made it quite clear that that will be um, an act of war. Well, you know, uh, he's not only shooting off weapons, he's shooting off his big mouth, too. you got to remember that, okay? We have been fighting each other by proxy for a long time, a very long time. Um, you know, we were arming militants, uh, rebels who were sympathetic to us. They were arming uh, regimes that were sympathetic to them. We were... were as long as we weren't pulling the triggers, it was actually okay. It wasn't direct U.S.-Russia conflict. So I think that's what's happening. All right? We're arming them to the teeth. It is going to be difficult because of the situation. Uh, very difficult. Uh, hey, now, Zelensky, he had to say something, Biden did, because Zelensky just spoke this morning in front of the House and Senate, got together in some big auditorium. It reminded me of uh, the school assembly. Remember when you had to go down for assembly at the school it wasn't in the normal place where they have these addresses. It just looked like an auditorium. Anyway, what did Zelensky say? Let's go with, uh, well, he wants he wants uh, a no-fly zone. He wants, uh, he's not getting that, at least not yet. Cut 16, please. I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine. And then the crowd went wild. We have any of that? They did. They went nuts. Um, everybody likes this guy. Although, I mean, look, 
Let's not fall in love with anybody, okay? Don't fall in love with anybody just because he made a couple of cool videos and uh, he looks good in a T-shirt. Seems okay, but who knows? Cut 17, please. Just remember it. Remember September the 11th, a terrible day in 2001 when evil tried to turn your cities, independent territories in battlefields, when innocent people were attacked. We remember, of course, and he's saying they're going through the same situation. But... If we engage all the carnage that we saw or are seeing, and he showed a video of, oh, gosh, it was tough to watch. I've seen some of it before, but there were babies that were in distress, wounded children, that kind of thing, mass graves. Um, If we start a shooting war over there, it could grow. We could see those kinds of massacres all over Europe. What else? Give me another one. Is this a lot to ask for to create a no-fly zone zone over Ukraine to save people? Is this too much to ask? Humanitarian no-fly zone, something that Ukraine, uh, that Russia would not be able to terrorize our free cities. You know, I don't know about that, by the way. There are all kinds of tanks. A no-fly zone eliminates potentially, ultimately, the air threat. There are a lot of guys on the ground, and there's a lot of artillery. There's a lot of tanks. There's a lot of uh, a lot of troops. In fact, a lot of the devastation that I have seen seems to have been brought on by ground forces uh, more than air forces. But who knows? Um, oh, now this Zelensky is a thousand percent right about the UN, the United Nations. Where the hell have they been? I mean, seriously, they 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 are just useless, useless. They had one meeting, you know, we we disapprove. Did they go so far as condemn? I think they said, we condemn this. So what? Then now what? Now what? All that money we spend, all that prime real estate, maybe we could do be doing something else with uh, the area between, what is it, uh, 40th Street and 51st Street. Beautiful, beautiful on the east side there. He has a new idea. Let's replace the U.N. with something called U24. Go, cut 20. We propose to create an association, U24, United for Peace, a union of responsible countries that have the strength and consciousness to stop conflict immediately, provide all the necessary assistance in 24 hours, if necessary, even weapons, if necessary, sanctions, humanitarian support, political support, finances, everything you need to keep the peace and quickly. Quickly, swamps, bureaucracies, uh, globalists do not move fast, do they? 24 hours uh, spring into action. That does sound pretty cool. Uh, It also sounds, I hate to say it, pretty impossible. I mean, look, anything's possible, I guess. But you'd have to get those 24 to agree or they'd have to be, how would that actually work out, right? And then you'd have veto problems and then you'd have member, permanent members and you just, what would you have after a little while? You'd have the United Nations all over again. You'd have one big screwed up, uh, not willing to do much of anything other than talk, a slightly corrupt uh, agency. Now, a couple of things I heard that were very smart that I want to share with you. And, you know, I want this war over so I can go back to the some of the fun stuff, to be honest. There's a lot of weird things happening in America um, that 
I, I prefer. And long term, they pose huge threats to us. Critical race theory, us as in every single American, no matter what you look like. But right now, this is a guy named Max Boot. How would you like that? Max Boot is his name. And he says, we can't afford to start a larger war, but we also can't afford to let Russia win. It's very interesting. I want to come back to that in a moment. He also says, we need to be wary of Putin, but he also needs to be wary of us. And have you noticed? We're really reacting. It's like, what is Putin going to do? What does Putin think? Well, how is Putin going to take this? We don't want to be too escalatory. I mean, you know, like, like uh, you know, you know, you can only send so much stuff in the mail. You know, sooner or later, you got to someone's got to start shooting. It doesn't have to be American troops, but Polish troops or Polish aircraft are lending them stuff. Can't Poland lend aircraft to Ukraine? That sounds reasonable. Is he going to hold us responsible for that? You better not, Vladimir. By the way, I saw him give him. Did I tell you already? He is the strangest guy. He's losing the public relations war big time. He's sitting there at his desk. He's got a great big uh, like panel with people all over, you know, like a Zoom call, but very sophisticated, like you know, 80 screens. It looks like he could launch a war and manage a war from wherever it is he's sitting. He's alone, and everybody else is on a screen. It looked like a lair. It looked like an evil lair. It looked like Dr. Evil. Remember Dr. Evil, Austin Powers? It looked a little bit like that. And one thing I'm fascinated by, and I know, look, they say he's corrupt, and I believe it. Um, some people say he's the richest person in the world. Well, how did he become the richest person? Not on his government salary. He only makes, I heard, about $120,000 a year. Uh, there's actually a salary for the president of Russia. But there's also the privilege and the perk, I guess, of taking whatever the hell you want. <laughs> and um, I noticed he's wearing, I believe it's a Bugatti watch. Now, I could be wrong. I magnified it. I put it on my Twitter at actually, at Greg Kelly USA. Can you tell me what kind of watch uh, Vladimir Putin is wearing? I would love to know. Um, hey, let's just be real here. Joe Biden sounded weak. He didn't sound strong. And you know who sounded strong in similar situations? Does this voice ring a bell? Right after North Korea a few years ago started launching missiles left and right and threatening U.S. territories in the Pacific Ocean. Who said what? Cut 29. North Korea is spelling out a potential battle plan against the United States. The regime says it will be ready to fire four missiles towards Guam later this month. There is a direct threat to the United States here from the North Koreans. Uh, it doesn't get any more direct than that for them to say they are looking at a plan to attack Guam. Oh, yeah? You want to hear something more direct than that? I'll show you something more direct than that. Cut 30. Donald Trump in response. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. Huh? Right? And then, not too long after that, at the United Nations, Donald Trump again? I don't think this is a mixed message. I don't think this is a confusing at all. I think this is pretty direct. You might be horrified by the language. Oh, it sounds so rude. Oh, not diplomatic. It was an audience of one, perhaps. Kim Jong-un, cut 31. 
The United States has great strength and patience. But if it is forced to defend itself or its allies, we will have no choice but to totally destroy North Korea. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'll be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, next time one of your friends says, uh, hey, we really need that no-fly zone. I mean, come on, we need a no-fly zone, right? I mean, we got to help. Uh, remember what Marco Rubio said about no-fly zones. He's the one guy out there. Having flown a no-fly zone myself, it's no walk in the park. This is Marco Rubio describing what a no-fly zone over Ukraine would entail. Cut 36. Are you and your colleagues now more open to a no-fly zone? Look, a no-fly zone has become a catchphrase. I'm not sure a lot of people fully understand what that means. That means flying AWACS 24 hours a day. That means the willingness to shoot down and engage Russian airplanes in the sky. That means, frankly, you can't put those planes up there unless you're willing to knock out the anti-aircraft uh, systems that the Russians have deployed, and not just in Ukraine, but in Russia and also in, in, in Belarus. So basically, a no-fly zone, it, uh, if people understood what it means, it means World War III. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Good for you. This is one of the few lawmakers up there who has like kind of rolled up his sleeves and has tried to master a subject. You know, I went back last night on the show. I showed all this crap from 2019 and early 2020, the impeachment over the uh, phone call that Trump made to Zelensky. Remember that? They put the transcript out right away. Everybody knew it was fine. There was nothing impeachable. There was nothing even inappropriate. But think of all the time that we as a country wasted. Um, our lawmakers, uh, they took up probably at least half the time of the executive branch of the White House. The media, the media had a focus on that nonsense. Of course, they love nonsense. It beats working. It's well, Let's have a nice big soap opera about a, a controversial phone call. And, oh, this person said this and that person said that. What are you going to say about you? Just mm, It's all bitchy and nasty and mean and nothing. Nothing, but it's easy. It's a great big soap opera. You know what's, uh, you know what's hard? National security, global security, understanding the military, understanding logistics, thinking, deep thinking. Yes, you might bore the media. Uh, yeah, it may not be sexy. It may not be scandalous. But I didn't want my government to be sexy or scandalous. Did you? I want them to be effective and competent. They're not even interested in that. They're interested, like every other idiot now, in clicks and likes and followers and going viral. All that nonsense. Everyone has taken their eye off the ball. Now, this is personal for all of us here in New York. You know why? Because a distracted, silly, stupid government led to September 11, 2001. It's true. And you can look it up. It's actually in the 9-11 report. A lot of things went wrong going up, leading up to September 11, 2001, including a Congress that had no interest in oversight, that had no interest in the boring uh, but necessary work, government oversight. They were all about scandal, Tell, uh, the stories, uh, issues that could garner attention and therefore campaign donations. And very little has changed. 9-11 apparently wasn't the wake-up call that we all needed. Or we went right back to sleep. We woke up or something happened. We're right back to the silliness. 
And by the way, Jake Sullivan was running around with his head cut off for about a month saying, he's going to invade, he's going to invade, he's going to invade. Well, what about moving some of these weapons and munitions and the shotguns you were just talking about to Ukraine then? When the fight already is underway, that becomes very tough. All right. New weapon systems. I was introduced to new weapon systems. I mean, you know, first you sit down in the classroom. Then you learn about it. Then they hold it up so you can look at it. And then the next day you come back and then they let you hold it. And then the day after that, they let you take it apart, and assemble it and reassemble it, and disassemble it. And then on the fifth day, they let you shoot the damn thing. And you stink at it. And then you got to go back and learn how to shoot it again. And then you get better and better and better. I mean, we're just pat- I know. Look, hey, it's war. You got to do what you got to do. But this is. Uh, this is a uh, hasty and late. Hasty and late. All right, your calls when we come back. 800 972 82. Wait, shoot. What is our number again? 800 848 9222. That's too many twos. 800 848 9222. I got it. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, oh boy. Governor Hochul. Who the hell goes to a hockey game when you obviously don't know anything about hockey? You don't like hockey and you go out onto the court, you're going to get booed. And Kathy Hochul got booed very good, very strong. Uh, she deserved it. I, I'm not supposed to take sides here, but I really hope she doesn't win. Um, I like the Republicans who are running. I even like some of the Democrats who are running. Uh, Tom Swazi, former county executive in Nassau County. I think he's a congressman right now. Um, he's pretty tough, and he's not fooling around when it comes to these DAs. He would get rid of them on day one. You know, there are some common-sense Democrats out there who are not afraid of the woke left, and Tom Swazi is one of them. Kathy Hochul, all she knows how to do is go to the beauty parlor and smile. And uh, the last night, <laughs> that was bad. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, uh, oh, we got it? All right, let's go. Uh, wait, what do we have? Is this Kathy Hochul or is this Nancy Pelosi? Beautiful. Uh, is it as good as I remember? Press play. Whenever you get a chance. to salute Governor Kathy Hochul, the first female governor of New York State. Governor Hochul began her career in public service in the greater Buffalo area, served in Congress, and was twice elected lieutenant governor. Here to drop tonight's ceremonial first puck, a champion of women's rights and leader of the great state of New York, please welcome Governor Kathy Hochul. Joining Governor Hochul at Center Ice Ducks. You stink! They're clapping for them, not you. She throws the puck. She just drops it. And there she goes. Thank you, Governor Hochul, and thank you, Adam and Jacob. Go home, Governor. Go home. You hear the the announcer reading all the talking points that her office uh, gave to the announcer guy? 
Twice elected Lieutenant Governor of New York State. Now, you tell me, nobody in the world could have named the Lieutenant Governor of New York State three months ago. Nobody. Zero. There's that. And then what is she? I'm sorry, but if you're the governor of New York, aren't you the champion of New Yorkers? No, she's the champion of women's rights. Code for late-term abortion. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that boo was richly deserved. Does not have a clue. But there's so much inertia. Ever notice that? So many people just go with the flow. Well, she's already there. Well, she's a woman. I mean, well, not me. Marie in Staten Island, hello, excuse me. Are you there? Hi, thank, thank you very much, sir. Yes, I am here. What's up? Can you hear me? Well, I wanted, I, have, I really have two things I wanted to say to you. I, I lied to the person who talked to me. Yeah, we can't have that. He's a good guy. Avery, he, what did you say to him that wasn't true? I told him one. I told him the first one. For a long time, I've been looking at you show the film of the scene where Ashley Babbitt was killed and the three cops lined up against the soon-to-be-destroyed wall. And against the back wall are two other people who appear to be in business suits. And I see my husband saw it, and I saw it separately, and we both saw it. They kind of gave him a signal to, to get out of there when they did. And I wanted you to look at it and just think about it for a moment. Uh, I don't recall what you're saying. I'm not saying it's not there. I, it's it's a fascinating piece of tape. I mean, the more you look at it, the more you see, and it's uh, – so you see two guys in business suits. I don't see it. I see that they're talking to somebody that is out of frame, and then they walk off. you got to admit, the way they walk off, whatever, whether they were signaled by somebody or they decided to leave on their own, it's just weird, right? Weird. But they're against the far wall that, you know. But the far wall, I don't think you can see. The far wall, I, I'll look at it again. I don't think I saw anybody in business suits in that footage. They're not looking at the wall to their left. Are you saying the – okay. So I'm standing in front of the door that Ashley Babbitt was shot as she went through. Are you saying the far – I'm standing in front of it and I'm looking away from it. Is it on my left or is it in front of me, the far wall, in your description? To your right. To your right. To my right would be the near wall. Yeah, it's it's too confusing on the radio. To my right is – okay, I'm standing where Ashley Babbitt was shot, okay, but I'm I'm facing – in the opposite direction. I'm facing the whole crowd. Okay? Does that make sense? Then it's on, then it's on your left. On my left. The far wall. I didn't yeah. see anybody wearing a suit over there. I'm pretty sure. I, I, I'm actually... I saw them. I saw them. Oh, They're there. Well, I, really I, I mean, sometimes people conflate little videos that they see, and I, I, I don't think so, but I'll take a look. Thank you. What's the other thing? The other thing was, the first time I learned of your existence was your last day at Channel 5. And I happened on it for some reason, and I was so moved by the sincere feeling that you had in your parents and um, – what's your name? I can't think of your name. You know, that your partner there. And it was just such a loving moment. I watched the whole thing, and I never knew who you were. And then when you popped up, I said, oh, I'm going to watch him. Well, thank you so much. That was a very – that was a beautiful moment. It's a moment I'll never forget. And did you watch the video that I put together? The vid- the, you saw the video of the little adventures that we went on? Did you see you, you saw that, right? Yesterday, the first time I ever heard you mention videos, I went to look at them. I did watch them, yes. Yeah, no, the no, the video, like when I was on the couch with my parents and my fiance and Rosanna, and we played a little video of uh, some of the highlights of my tenure there. Did you see that? No, I did not. Oh, no, you must have. I think you're forgetting it because you, 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 this is all five years ago, right? 
I don't know, but it's, yeah, it was a good while ago. And you, te- you at the time you said you couldn't tell anybody what you, you did not want to or you could not say what your future plans were, but obviously you were getting married. And and you were, you know, it was just wonderful. Everybody was so sincerely on your side. It was just wonderful. I loved it. Well, thank you so much. That was uh, an amazing moment indeed. I'll never forget it. A lot was going on there. And, um you know, the uh, thing that I thought of uh, that I really wanted to say was, uh, I'm running for mayor, everybody. That's what I really was on the verge of doing. I was going to throw my hat in the ring. What the hell? But uh, I didn't do it. Uh, Marie, thank you so much. To be continued, thank you for watching. And I will check out that video for sure. People have made uh, interesting observations. You know, there's a Pruder tape. You know, there's a Pruder tape of um, Kennedy getting shot. Some guy in Cincinnati saw something on that tape. It's just some guy. Saw something on that tape that nobody else had seen. He discovered it. So you never know. Um, you just never know who's gonna who's gonna see something that everybody else missed. Stella is calling from New York. Hi. Hey, Greg. Good to talk to you again. So I have two things. First of all, when Zelensky uh, was saying that he's comparing what's going on in the Ukraine to 9/11 here, but my question is. Who came to help America? Everyone always wants America's help, but who comes to help us? Well, let's face it. The French came and helped us during, uh, when was that, the seventeen late 1700s? They helped us fight the British. Um, that was pretty cool. Everybody forgets, but the French helped us. I mean, we haven't been invaded lately. Um, 9-11, we formed that coalition, remember? We had a lot of allies when we hit uh, Afghanistan, when we hit them back. Remember that? Um, Honestly, not not really. So, but my question is: on What do you mean, ground? not really? What do you mean, not really? I mean, look, we are the big boys on the block. We've got the military. A lot of the support for us was token and symbolic and all that kind of stuff. But we are the uh, the great big, uh, arguably one remaining superpower. Um, probably not the one remaining. Um, I don't know. When's the last time you thought we we really needed international help but didn't get it? Even on 9-11, he's, Zelensky was comparing what's going on there with 9-11. But, you know, no one – it well, was on our ground. No one comes to help us when it's on our ground is what I'm trying to say. That's, I don't know. I mean, look, I don't – yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm not – yeah, I don't know if I agree with you. I mean, I don't know what the hell that, that – the world – there was an outpouring of support for America after September 11th. There was. And we had our own jets to dispatch. We had jets flying over Manhattan later that day. We did. I mean, Stella, it's e- maybe it's easy to forget now, but I mean, we could defend ourselves. And then we, what did Bush call it? I didn't like the, I didn't like it at the time. I didn't like it when he went into Iraq, but I loved it when we went into Afghanistan a little bit late. But we had that coalition. What do they call it? The coalition of the willing or something like that? We had people on our side. Back then I wasn't, I was in my what? Early 30s, I wasn't much into politics. Well, you were conscious. You were an adult. You, you know, you're ed, you spoke the English language. You, you could, you, you knew basically what was going on. Anyway, is what you said something else you wanted to say? Yeah. So the government. This is again. This is an. The government sent uh, 14 billion dollars worth of supplies to the Ukraine of, of obviously U.S. taxpayers' money. But meanwhile, back at the ranch here, you know, America has skyrocketing inflation like never before, you know, gas almost $5 a gallon, food prices going through the roof, and people, there's so many people that can barely keep food on the table. And again, I'm not saying don't help the Ukraine, but do you understand what I'm saying? You rob Peter to, you rob Paul to... 
I think it's a different pot of money. I, I by the way, is it fourteen billion? Is it that much? I, I guess so. It's getting up there. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, do we want to be the do we want to be the superpower? Do we want to be the leader? I think we are the leader. I think we are the model. Uh, I'm not going to quibble about the money. We got the money. You think that $14 billion are going to, okay, we're not, we're not going to spend it on Ukraine. We're going to buy everybody groceries. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And um, sometimes I, it, I wish it did. I wish it were that simple, but it's, it's not. And I'm okay with the money. I can't look at these pictures and say, you're on your own. You know, Stella, that's, uh, and maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm soft. Maybe I'm uh, a, a wasteful spender. But that's what I think. Stella, one more thing. Uh, is Stella short for something? What kind of name is Stella? It's a lovely name, but is it Stella? Is that short for something? Oh, I was born in Italy, so I speak Italian. That's my first language. And so Stella just yeah. means, Stella means star. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Remember Stella Dora cookies? We had Stella Dora cookies. They were very popular. Stella, say something in Italian, please. Uh, buongiorno, come stai? Bene. Oh, say something, you know, more um, uh, complicated because I can even understand that. Say, uh, say you, um, you say whatever you want to say, but don't say hello. Okay. Don't say hello. Okay. I want to say, <laughs> come stanno la moglie e i bambini? Stanno bene? How are you doing, my little fellow? Are you Okay. No, how's oh. your wife and your children? Oh. Are, they, are they doing well? All right. Hey, I'm looking at my wife right now. She looks very well. She just brought my lunch. Can you believe it? Uh, she bring- wow. I know. I know. It's old-fashioned. It's really, I feel, like a, I feel like a kid sometimes. Thank you, Stella, very much. And let's see one other thing. Oh, does anybody do TikTok? Does anybody do TikTok? I don't do TikTok. I don't want to know from TikTok. I also don't want to know from Wordle. What the hell is Wordle? It's this new version of uh, a crossword puzzle that everybody insists that they tell you about how successful they were at it or not at it. Very, very strange. And I think it should be mentioned once again that Donald Trump, everyone is sick of Ukraine. So am I. The war. I don't want there to be war. Love Ukraine. Hate war. That Donald Trump armed them with um, weapons to defend themselves. Biden took that away. Obama never let that happen. He did it. Donald Trump. And Joe Biden has massive conflict of interests over there because of his dealings with Russia, financial, and Ukraine, Burisma, through Hunter. And when Donald Trump wanted to talk about it, what did they do? The moderator shut him down. This was unbelievable. Talk about this is borderline treasonous right here. Cut 32. He didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. He my made son, a fortune. My son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's 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 fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he given tens son. of millions right, of dollars? But he wasn't given right, tens of millions of dollars. That is totally, that's totally, totally discredited. You've already been discredited. 
We've, both, we've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. I know, but three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the Let's mayor of Moscow, Let's talk about not true. Gentlemen, that report is totally discredited. I, I, I Mitt think, Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' gen- money, that report. It was written for political it, reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. So would I. Climate change. The mainstream media doing everything it had to to protect Joe Biden because those allegations have not been discredited. That is amazing. I still am fast. Every time I hear it, I can't believe it. It is so wild. Climate change. We can't talk about legitimate um, concerns about Joe Biden's integrity. Climate change. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about climate change. And it happened again. In the next debate, the very next debate, this, the moment they got close to it, it was shut down. Cut 33. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's exactly it. what is this that's where you're exactly going? What this is going. where he's going. The laptop that, right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia? I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President, again with Russia. We're going to. Here we go again with Russia. <laughs> um, Joe Biden was lying, and so were those 50 officials who covered for him. They did put out a letter saying that the laptop must be Russia disinformation. It has all the hallmarks of Russia disinformation. Why? Because, well, Russia intelligence, they use laptops, too. Therefore, this has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. It's also a laptop. They lied. They absolutely lied. And once again, the media stepped up. Now, why am I talking about this now? Because the repercussions of this are still with us. Because Ukraine would be intact. People would be alive right now if Donald Trump were still president. I'll be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Are you feeling a little out of it this week? A lot of people are. This daylight savings has screwed everybody up. Maybe it's because I'm getting older or whatever, but uh, I am I'm out of sorts big time, and I've uh, finally figured it out. Actually, my wife did for me. It's daylight savings time. I'm getting up later, which I don't like. I like getting up early no matter how much I try, and I wake up at night. Uh, Everyone's screwed up. Do you know heart attacks go way up this week? And Marco Rubio, that sharp guy who knows all about the no-fly zone, wants to make it permanent, wants to make this schedule permanent. We're not going to move the clocks anymore, and I think that that would be wonderful. Um, I don't exactly understand why we move the clocks and how we move the clocks and and all that stuff and that they figured it out a long time ago. Isn't it amazing what they know? Isn't it amazing that they figured out that the moon is 250,000 miles from the Earth and they knew that like uh, 200 years ago at least? They just were able to figure all that stuff out. How do they How do they do that? How How do you tell? How do they know all the stuff they do about the sun? By the way, you know how long it takes the light to get from the sun to the earth? Light travels at the speed of light, which is like, 
Wait, I used to know this. 186,000 miles per second. So that's a very fast uh, little proton of light or whatever it is. And it's coming at us really, really fast. How long does it take to get from the sun to the earth? About eight minutes, seven and a half, eight minutes. Um, imagine that, huh? And you know what we call that? The distance between the sun and the earth? One astronomical unit, an AU. One AU separates us. That is the distance between the earth and the sun. It's considered an astronomical unit. And um, I don't know what you can do with that, but um, uh, I do like to go to the Hayden Planetarium. Haven't been there in about five years. I'm overdue. One more thing. Um, I hate to rain on every... Some people get on my case for being anti-Putin. Some people get on my case for not being high enough on Zelensky. Then some people say I'm too kind to Putin. Some people say I'm too mean to Zelensky. I think then I'm probably doing it just about right. I'm not... I am not committed. I'm committed to America. I want what's best for America. I hate the images over there big time. I don't like war. I don't want this. It shouldn't be happening, and we should do everything we can to stop it. If we should engage, if we have a no-fly zone, if we have American pilots shooting Russian aircraft, shooting Russian uh, missile defense systems, this thing could get way the hell out of hand. And what you're seeing in Kiev and Kharkiv and Maripol and all these other places in uh, Ukraine could be happening all over the world, all over the world. And we can't have that. I don't know what the answer is. This is a tricky one. I'm just going to think out loud for a moment because I'm looking at Max Boot here. He said, we can't afford to start a larger war. I agree. But we can't afford to let Russia win. I don't want Russia to win. What does Russia winning look like? Does it mean they take over Ukraine? What would they do to the people of Ukraine? I mean, would they dominate them? Would they... uh, Would they force him into labor camps? I don't think that's part of the plan. (laughs) I don't know. Ukraine was part of Russia for a very long time. I don't want that to happen. I want Ukraine left alone. But they've got some ancient rivalry going that we don't necessarily understand that the mainstream media have not begun to tell us about because they don't know about it. And quite frankly, that includes me. I I know one sliver of this stuff. It's more complicated than anyone is telling us. There are things going on that we don't understand. And getting in any deeper than we are now, that may be very, very problematic. Do I sound cynical? Do I sound, uh, I don't know. Until you've seen a war, until you've seen an invasion, until you, you this is, would not be antiseptic. This would not be just a, a pre- precision. People who have never served in the military, they love to think about precision weapons and This could be done so cleanly like a surgeon going in and just and we would prohibit we would prohibit everyone from flying over Ukraine and save the people wrong. It is going to be messy. It's going to be bloody and it could be worse than what we're looking at right now. So I am no Joe Biden fan. You guys know that. Um, And I I think this is kind of the textbook thing. I. We shouldn't get involved. Then again, you don't have to say it. Joe Biden is saying it all the time. We are not going to fight Russia. We we should keep him guessing. We should keep him worrying. Putin should be worried about us, not the other way around. I am sick of this guy. Aren't you? All right. Oh. <sighs> 
who's going to see a baseball game any to, anytime soon? Not me, for a number of reasons. Mostly because I have lost all interest in baseball. It's too boring. Everything got faster. The game didn't change enough. And, of course, they started making too much money, and it's a great big turnoff. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. I think my days of going to McDonald's at uh, any time after 5 p.m. are over. Everyone's getting slashed and burned in these places all over the place. I love fast food. I love Big Macs. I love Whoppers. But uh, I'm reading again about mayhem in these restaurants. Some of them have a modicum of security, but it doesn't look like enough. And, of course, New York City is not providing enough security. Backwards. We have gone backwards. All the progress, all the stuff we learned. And we threw it all out. We threw it all out. Wasn't it? Wasn't it fun in 1978 when you know, graffiti and public urination was considered uh, edgy or something? Was considered fun. Uh, we had such. We had wow. We had a heyday here. Lasted for about uh, 20 years, and it is gone. It is gone. Could it come back? Yes. Um, it's going to take a bit of a miracle, though. And miracles, though. They do happen. Hey, by the way, you want to know why, Joe, um, why uh, the invasion of Ukraine happened now? We all know about Joe Biden being clueless and weird and out of it. And that was definitely a sign to Vladimir Putin that this might be my chance. And not only that, everybody in government seems to be out of it or some of our top so-called leaders. Here's Nancy Pelosi trying to describe the geopolitical situation and the the pros and cons of deploying United States aircraft uh, in a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Go ahead. But they know that we can't go there. Uh, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in, and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. Uh, Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens use of chemical weapons, um, nuclear and the rest. So they know that we can't. But it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning more. Let's if we can't have an if we can't have a no fly zone, let us have our own. And we need the airplanes to come in. No, no, we're, no, no. This morning he was less on the on the ask for the um, uh, the policy, more on let us do it, help us get the planes. But also there is a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are a very important way. Myself, when I see that that those tanks, that forty miles of tanks. I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military st- strategist. You think? I don't know. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place. I hope. You ask me how. I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MiGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on, can go to Ukraine the F-16s, especially if we have an excess of them, uh, can backfill 
for Poland. Stop talking. Is it over yet? That's just, oh. Um, is it as bad? It seemed pretty bad to me. It just seems like, uh, I don't know, she's been in government since, what, 1988 or something like that? Sits on the Intelligence Committee, the Armed Services Committee at some point. You should have a greater degree of fluency in these matters. And she's the one advising and sitting in the Oval in the Cabinet Room with Joe Biden, who himself, obviously, is not the most fluent on this or any other matter um, for that matter. And by the way, as we were saying earlier, uh, politicians okay with daylight savings. Uh, could changing the clocks twice a year become a thing of the past? The Senate unanimously approved a bill on Tuesday that would make daylight saving time permanent. In the New York Post, the bipartisan legislation known as the Sunshine Protection Act was introduced by Senator Marco Rubio two years ago. It was quickly backed by Two of his Democrat colleagues, Ed Markey and Ron Wyden, if the House approves the measure and President Biden signs it, the legislation would not take effect until the fall of 2023, since airlines, railroads and other mass transit operators have built our schedules based on the current timekeeping system. The U.S. will enter. Well, I'd like can't the rail. Can't they change? They got a year's heads up. That's enough time. The U.S. will enter standard time in November of this year. When Americans in every state except Hawaii and non-Navajo areas of Arizona turn their clocks back one hour. That's right. When I was in uh, Arizona, I lived there. We never moved the clocks. It was always the – never did that. This past Sunday marked the start of daylight saving time. We can't always get bipartisan agreement in Congress these days, but here's one thing that we can agree on. We could all use a bit more sunshine and sleep, by the way. Rubio and Markey wrote in an op-ed published last week. Good for those guys. Um, Why did we come up with that? It does. uh, Gosh, and it gets so dark so early. It's so weird. I don't like it. Uh, The other thing. Hey, we got to lay off the Russians, folks. Okay, there's a lot of anti-Russian sentiment out there. And we have a lot of great Russian people in our neighborhood. It's not their fault. They didn't come up with this. This is Putin. This is one guy. I didn't expect to be blamed uh, for Biden's mishaps because I'm American. And we should not blame people uh, of Russian descent uh, who live in Russia right now for what Putin is up to. But it's actually happening. Cut 40, if you don't mind. This is from New York One News talking about a very famous Russian restaurant that's been hassled and harassed since the invasion of Ukraine got underway. Cut 40. Within 24 hours of the invasion, the restaurant was dealt with a steep drop in business, and they faced backlash, including hate mail and phone calls. One of our servers got a call three times yesterday calling us Nazis and fascists and everything like that, so that's that's never nice. But customers like Rita and Igor, originally from Ukraine, came specifically to support the restaurant. Probably a lot of restaurants, Russian restaurants struggling now, but they really don't have anything to do with the government there. They probably need to change their name to Ukrainian Horilka. They're vilifying all of us, pretty much, and we're not for the war. We don't want the war. It's a message that customers supporting the restaurant also want to spread. It's, it's a war that is horrible. It's something we have to do to support Ukrainians in every way. But targeting Russians in New York is not the way to do it. All right. That's Russian Samovar. It's on 52nd Street. Let me get this. Uh, West 52nd Street. I'm going to be sure to get over there. It opens today at 4 o'clock. Hey, by the way, 
it's not only uh, Marco Rubio who's pretty smart on this no-fly stuff, why there should not be a no-fly zone. Ted Cruz is pretty good, too. Cut 12. A no-fly zone would be a mistake because that has American pilots and American fighter jets engaged in direct conflict with Russian pilots and right Russian fighter jets. And, and that is an invitation to escalation, an invitation to World War III. We, we don't want to see that. Yeah. Uh, Rubio is a bit more methodical, though, a bit more uh, in-depth, if you don't mind. Cut 36. Are you and your colleagues now more open to a no-fly zone? Look, a no-fly zone has become a catchphrase. I'm not sure a lot of people fully understand what that means. That means flying AWACS 24 hours a day. That means the willingness to shoot down and engage Russian airplanes in the sky. That means, frankly, you can't put those planes up there unless you're willing to knock out the anti-aircraft systems that the Russians have deployed, and not just in Ukraine, but in Russia and also in in Belarus. So basically, a no-fly zone, if people understood what it means, it means World War III. Yeah. So we can't have that, uh, and it's not happening. Uh, we are going to free up those uh, those fighters. That seems like a fate accompli, and uh, that will be hopefully that. I have a feeling uh, Putin, by the way, was on TV this morning. I mentioned he was in his little lair there. It looked like um, a Spectra headquarters from James Bond. It did not look good. Um, Zelensky looked like this this mega hero with the T-shirt and you know speaking about freedom, and there this guy is in this – a little uh, control center by himself. And I noticed he's very defensive. He's like, we had to do this. We had no other choice. They wouldn't cooperate. And um, we're, we're, we're using tactics to minimize civilian casualties. And it's very defensive. That's what I think is, um, is going on here. In the meantime, do me a favor. Terry is on the phone from New Jersey. Yes, Terry. Good afternoon, Greg. I enjoy your show uh, immensely. You know, the other day you gave me a homework assignment when you were reporting on all of those nations that had uh, anti-gay or anti-homosexual laws. And uh, I'm being no fan of the U.N., I I decided to look up uh, those member nations who are on the United Nations Human Rights Council. And I found that of the 66 nations that you, well, uh, that were enumerated as far as having anti-gay requirements, 16 of them are on the Human Rights Council. And that's just another example of the ultimate uh, hypocrisy and fallacy of the United Nations. Yeah, that Human Rights Council is a piece of work. Uh, I think Syria was on it at one point, uh, really nasty countries now. I've heard I had a friend who worked at the U.N. and she was telling me that, well, uh, this is a way for us to get those countries to change. But I'm sorry, the uh, what do they like to say? The optics of it are so terrible. But I'm glad you checked that out and uh, needed to be checked out. The U.N. really you can have the U.N. We are it's it has let us down so much. What's the other thing? Oh, I have to play this one more time. Governor Hochul going to that hockey game. This is Kathy Hochul who really should not be uh, in politics, okay? Uh, And listen to this. She comes out, there's booing, but you can hear the announcer summarize all the talking points that the governor's office gave. No no announcer came up with this crap. No guy who works at Madison Square Garden wrote this summary of Governor Kathy Hochul. Listen to what he says and listen to the crowd reaction as she comes out at a Ranger game to throw out the first puck. Tonight... 
we'd like to salute Governor Kathy Hochul, the first female governor of New York State. Governor Hochul began her career in public service in the greater Buffalo area, served in Congress, and was twice elected lieutenant governor. Here to drop tonight's ceremonial first puck, a champion of women's rights and leader of the great state of New York, please welcome Governor Kathy Hochul. Joining Governor Hochul at Center Ice Ducks alternate captain Adam Henrique and Rangers alternate captain Jacob Truba. Drop the puck. Hockey puck. You suck. Thank you, Governor Hochul, and thank you, Adam and Jacob. She walks out of there waving her hand like she's a beauty pageant uh, contestant winner with the same silly look on her face. You know, that she always has the same look on her face. It's like this open mouth. There's a grin. I don't know I'm saying she's on something, but she might be on something. Uh, I really don't like this uh, situation at all. We have a city that's falling apart. There's so much a governor could do if they wanted to do it, if they cared about governing. Most of them care about uh, politics. Most of them care about exposure. They don't want to roll up their sleeves and get to work and take some risks. I mean, what fun is it being governor if you're not going to do anything? Walk around like you're some sort of beauty queen. There's a couple of guys out there who I don't think would be afraid to get in there and kick some ass. Number one, uh, we got Lee Zeldin. Number two, we got uh, Rob Astorino. Number three, we got no particular order, by the way. We got Andrew Giuliani. And then uh, number four, Tom Swazi. I'd even go with Tom Swazi. He's a Democrat, yeah, but he's a Democrat from um, the land of reality. And I think he would be... Pretty good. Better than this one, who really looks like uh, she almost looks mechanical. Like you ever, ever go to Disney World and they have the small, small world and they had those little figurines from the future and they like, go around and yeah, like one of those. Uh, one of those. Uh, is it time? Oh, shoot. All right. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is the Greg Kelly Show. All right, what date is today? March sixteenth. Uh, so two and a half months since New Year's. A lot of us have already blown our resolutions. You know, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, you can always start again. You can. Uh, it takes sometimes a long time to form a habit. They say if you do something every day at the same time for three weeks, it's a habit. Uh, what do I look? I talk about reading the Bible. Um, and I love it, but you know what? Things have gotten very chaotic over the past 10 days. I think I've done it maybe three times in 10 days. Yeah, I know. And I've been having some really not-so-great days. All my own fault. Everything's fine. But feeling beleaguered, feeling behind the power curve, feeling a little bit uh, not-so-nice, uh, not being as gentle as I should and uh, tolerant and kind and it goes right back to that because it became a very big part of my life every single day, and then it faded away. Spring is coming. It's a great time to, why not, all over again. Although right now you could. Right now, today, you could. I can. I can. I. Uh, so I, uh, I, I must. And it's also, by the way, it's like it's just 
It's so good. The benefits are so great. Why are we always, why am I, I should say, tempted to just, okay, oh, I'm, I'm good there. I'm good. I, I, I got it now. I can, I'll, I'll be fine on my own. No, no, Greg, you are not fine on your own. You, you need it every single day. Uh, and that's a very silly thing when you start to think that you've got it all figured out because you don't. But the good thing is you don't have to. You don't have to. He'll take care of so much. So, yeah, it's uh, it's well, look, I could make excuses and I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you what's going on. I got a lot of uh, professional responsibilities, which is beautiful. I'm blessed and uh, personal. I mean, boy, oh, boy, having a uh, having a three month old daughter is 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 the most wonderful thing. But it's it's a little discombobulating. And then we have that uh two-year-old who's uh, fabulous, so charismatic already. Um, We just painted the house. That was a big pain in the neck. These are all good problems. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's fine. But uh, things can get a little bit chaotic, and uh, everybody's got something. It's not that bad. It's not bad at all. But when I get out of my routine, I can get very ordinary, and I I miss it. I miss it, and I uh, I have to reprioritize. Freddie in Manhattan, hello. Greg, how are you? Greg, how how you doing? Good, thanks. A uh, couple things. Um, I think it's a farce about not supplying the uh, Ukraine with some of our fighter jets. Just go back to the Korean War. The Soviet Union basically fought that war for North Korea. They provided MiGs, all kinds of artillery. They even used their own advisors as pilots. So that that's a farce. I mean, you know, when it was on the phone to Putin and they're saying, oh, okay, I'll allow this, I won't allow that. How about the drones? You've seen what drones did, can do. You can, they can operate those drones from the United States. So what is Putin going to just say, oh, well, that's okay. I won't allow the, uh, the planes, though. He could just, after Biden's speech today, he could just declare war on the U.S. with giving so much help. But I think it's a farce, you know, really. I actually think you're on to something. Uh, you're right. There have been all kinds of conflicts where we have uh, armed each other. You know, we armed our side to the teeth, the, the side that we were rooting for, you know, like let's say the, the Contras. Uh, we gave them munitions, and then the Russians were giving the the Sandinistas uh, their weapons. Uh, as long as we were not shooting each other, it was just kind of understood. It was done. And now, because I don't know, everything is hyper visible. Everything is uh, I don't know, so immediate. You're right. It's like we're asking Putin for his permission. Now, I will say one thing about getting F-16s to uh, to Ukraine. You can't just you know show up with a bunch of F-16s and say, "Here you go, guys." It's uh, you got to have pilots that are qualified in this. You've got to have a place for them. You got to have, you know, we want these F-16s back, by the way. All right. So we can't just dump them on them. And it's very, very difficult given how, what do they like to say? Kinetic things are. Kinetic is a military euphemism for um, uh, wild and screwed up. Okay. Things are very kinetic right now. What's the other thing you wanted to say, Freddie? thing was, what were they supposed to do the exchange if they give them the mix, uh, which they know, know how to fly, uh, through through Poland? And that, and, and Biden yeah, I know. And, and, then, and then Putin uh, poured water on that. I think that's going to happen. I actually think now that is going to happen. But as you've noticed, you know, Putin's got to, I mean, I'm sorry, Biden's got to be pushed and kind of prodded every step of the way. He doesn't lead. He doesn't lead. He doesn't know how to. He's been a follower all of his life. He literally has been. Look it up. He's never had a leadership job in his life. And so don't give me some chair or some committee. That's not leadership. I mean leading. He's one of a hundred. He was on a staff. 
Even when he was vice president, he had he was a staffer. I'm not impressed. What's the other thing? He's a dying. You know, while he's hesitating, it's a joke. You know, uh, let's see what the reaction is after his speech today, because he really put out in the open what we're providing for. And Putin's going to go down the list. Is this war? Is this not war? I mean, it's really crazy. I like the other countries that come out and say what they're contributing to. This way, Putin just doesn't have one target. The I, look, I mean, look, I, I, there's a lot to get on Biden about. All right. Uh, he should have done a lot of this stuff earlier. Uh, I'm OK with him announcing what we're doing. People kind of demand to know we're seeing these images. They're terrible. Uh, it doesn't really matter what uh, I don't think there's going to be a big reaction one way or the other. I mean, look, he already signed it. I mean, it's it's happening. That stuff is going over there now. And I think Putin is um, something tells me Putin is not going to make a big deal out of this. He's not. Anyway. Hey, man, thank you. Keep on it. Let's uh, there's the music. Oh, shoot. Hey, you know who's walking by outside? Uh, a Navy ensign. You don't see people in uniform very often. This is a Navy ensign walking by. What the hell is he doing around here? Um, used to see that all the time. Not so much. Classic uniform the Navy has. Hasn't changed in about 100 years. The Army, though, thanks to General Milley, they change it every six months. It looked kind of ridiculous right now. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Still dead out there. It is still dead. Coming in today... It felt like a Saturday morning from um, three years ago. Saturday morning. That's about the amount of traffic. Now it's um, it's office buildings, COVID. People have not entirely come back. What are these things, half empty or something like that? Um, by the way, everybody is dressed uh, like a bum, <laughs> myself included. Uh, I don't wear uh, suits anymore. I don't wear – you used to dress up to go to work. Nope. I notice people aren't shaving anymore. A lot of that going on. What happened to that? Even cops. The cops are always had to be clean shaven. I remember I had to be clean shaven in the military because uh, the gas mask issue. And I think cops have got to worry about gas. But look, they got to worry about a lot more than their beards. But uh, everybody seems to be letting it go. The content gets better and better. Boy, I I watched. I woke up last night at three in the morning and I was on uh, what the hell Instagram for twenty minutes, just scrolling through dopey video after dopey video. Now they're fascinating, and they're totally random. You know, one sequence I'll see a uh, silverback gorilla in the jungle being petted by like two kids. That's fascinating, and that lasts for about twelve seconds, and then it goes to a camera like planted under an F sixteen fighter jet as it flies through a canyon and i'm like this is pretty cool and that lasts for 12 seconds and then it goes to a little puppy who's made friends with a little duckling and they're walking around and they're friends and it's beautiful and they're kissing the puppy and a little duckling a duck like a chicken a baby chicken i gotta watch that what's next and then it's some hot girl uh, trying clothes on okay well i'll have to wait through this and then it's it just goes on and on and on like that. And then time. And I guess what it's doing, not only is it uh, using up my time and my brain cells, but it, when I have it open, it's sucking up data. Everything I do, everything I want, everything I'm looking at, it figures out what that is, and it hits me with advertising. And for the first time lately, I find myself responding to Online advertising. There's stuff I want. Now, maybe it's because of COVID. I didn't buy anything for a long time. COVID, there was nothing to do. We weren't really going anywhere. 
So I wasn't buying anything. And now all I think about are like, I want this certain watch. I want a new chair. I want, uh, what's the other thing I want? I want um, a special uh, jacket that I like. And uh, I want an iWatch. I want a new iPad. And it takes me a long time to pull the trigger on this stuff. It does. But it knows that. Somehow it figured out what I want. Or maybe it told me I wanted those things. Maybe I want it because I've seen the ads. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of uh, watches, that I mentioned Putin, I think, is wearing a $1.5 million watch in the uh, footage I saw from this morning. He spoke to his cronies at the Kremlin this morning about how things are going. He sounded very defensive to me. He sounded like he knows that this is not going well. Let me read you a couple of things. This is Oh, so he was wearing a $1.5 million Bugatti watch. How did he afford that? Hmm? This doesn't look like an honest guy. Remember, we were told he was a genius. He was a genius. Oh, he's he's a master player, master geopolitical player. And now, like that, he's a total freak. It's probably a little bit of both. Uh, what did he say here? Vladimir Putin, it was a threat already in the foreseeable future with the international military cooperation. The pro-Nazi regime in Kiev could have received weapons of mass destruction, whose target, of course, would have been Russia. I have not heard that before. Have you? That he was worried that Ukraine would receive weapons of mass destruction and maybe if they got them, use them on um, use them on Russia. I had not that this sounds like a big stretch to me. What about to you? Other things, he says, we are not intending to harm innocents. That is not our strategy. Our lads, he calls them lads. Our soldiers are doing very, very well, doing everything they can to avoid it's the Nazis who are doing that, the neo-Nazis. He blames Zelensky, calls him a neo-Nazi. I don't get that, by the way. He is, after all, a um, a Jew. And one more time, here he is addressing the world uh, basically through our Congress. He came to – he didn't come to America, but uh, he – special address to Congress. Oh, by the way, those three guys went to go see him, three leaders uh, from Poland, from Slovenia, from the Czech Republic, got on a train to go to Kiev in the middle of all of this. Pretty wild. Pretty gutsy. Joe Biden will be showing up in Brussels uh, eventually. Eventually. We don't want to rush. These things take time to set up, I'm told. Uh, Cut 16, if you don't mind. I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. Slava Ukraine. And the crowd went nuts, by the way. The crowd went nuts. Uh, Well, I like him from what I know about him. Although before all this started, his approval rating in Ukraine was lower than Joe Biden's. It was 25%. 25% of the people approved of the job he was doing. Like every Ukrainian, he campaigned on a, a promise of eliminating corruption. And it seems like he may have been engulfed in some corruption. I guess some things, some problems are just, wow, too big to fix or whatever. Seems like a good guy. I like him. I don't think I like politics, though. I used to think of myself running for Congress someday. I did. I thought about it. I thought it would be an interesting thing to do. I thought, um, I thought, quite frankly, I could be helpful if there was a war like Iraq, which I knew was a real problem that 
if it were a war that should not be fought, I would be a voice that would oppose it, or I'd be a voice in favor of a war, because sometimes you got to fight a war. Anyway, I considered it. Then I basically mm, arrived at a decision not to do it, and I'm so glad I didn't do it. Who likes politics? Who genuinely likes politics? And nobody. Do you like office politics? Office politics are the worst. My God. Do you guys have to play office politics? Do you guys get it at your level? No? You're just shaking your head? That's fantastic. No office politics over there. Really? What? Uh, okay. You should, you, should, you should listen to what Jacqueline is talk, saying about you guys, though. Yeah. I, I don't want to start anything, but uh, there are people here who do play politics. I'm just kidding. All right. Alina in New Jersey. Hello. What's going on? Mr. Kelly. Hi. First time caller, but I would like to share a thought with you. Uh oh. It's gonna be it's gonna be instructive. I it's gonna be you're gonna straighten me out well, on something. It's going to be historically descriptive. <laughs> Actually, first of all, I want to thank you for supporting Ukraine and supporting Mr. Zelensky's efforts to defend his country and lead his country. Uh okay. I mean, you know, I I, I just pointed out, you know, <laughs> It's a more complex. I'm all for Ukraine. I, I hate this war. You know that. You know, but I have been. Look, I hope do you know you know this guy better than I do. Is he uh, is he the real deal? Well, he's the real president elected by the people. That's right. democracy. So what's the other thing you wanted to say? But the other thing that I want to say is that the history of Ukraine and Russia are very different. If you look at them um, in a broader perspective. Yeah. Explain it to us. OK. Ukraine accepted Christianity in the first century. That's when Christianity came about. At that time, Russia didn't exist. They were people in the northeast, and they were called by several names. Suzdal was one of the names. Later on, it was Muscovia, whereas Ukraine and the uh, kingdom of Kiev, Kievan state, as we say, or Kiev, existed before the first century. So what happened subsequently is that the people where Russia is now invaded the lands of Ukraine closer to the Dnieper River, and they later on assumed the name of Russia, or Russia as we know it, from using the name Rus which is Ukrainian. All right. This is some of the stuff that Putin was talking about two weeks ago, all this history. And he lost me right about now, right about where you brought me. Where Where do we go from here? I, I, I followed you so far. Now, what does it mean? So wait, uh, Russia basically invaded Ukraine uh, 1,500 years ago? Yeah. All right. So where does that leave us? That leads us to the fact that we're a different people. We want our... I know. Well, 1,500 years. Haven't you kind of blended together by now? Isn't it kind of the same place? Nope. No, I know. I know Ukraine has a distinct culture. All right. So what's the answer? Putin has a Charlemagne illness, except he wants to invade all the Slavic lands because geographically and uh, I guess they're valuable and he wants to become the ruler of that whole area, supporting the concept of Russia, which is a state, and forcing all these people to blend into Russia or the Russian people. No, we're different peoples. We're, we, we all want our independence. 
So, but he wants it the way it was 1,500 years ago. He wants it the way – well, it didn't happen overnight. 1,500 years ago has a, 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 a – it, it kind of leads into today as these peoples were – uh, subjugated and created what was called the country of Russia, which was later called the country of the Soviet Union. Which all right. Was- all right. So uh, where does this leave us? What's going to happen? And how do you know all this stuff? Well, there you, you got to read the Russian history, which is Russian propaganda, because it kind of focuses on their own history. And then you have to read back and you have to read into the histories of uh, the ancient peoples, and they all write about Ukraine, and they all write about the development of of trade and Okay, merch. all right. So where is this going to go? How is it going to end? What's going to happen next? Do you know? Help the Ukrainian people become a sovereign nation. I would love to help the Ukraine. Well, they are a sovereign nation, well, except that- Putin doesn't think so. All right, so what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. America is helping us, and I wish it would help us more because where America is helping us fight the concept that Putin has to be the big Charlemagne and leader of the world. Yeah, it's a great big mess, and uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Do you think – just let me ask you one thing. The other day when Zelensky said – we will have to remain neutral. NATO doesn't want us. I thought that was code. I thought that was a big olive branch and possibly a way out for Putin, who obviously, I think at this point, has bitten off more than he can chew, and he's a little bit in over his head, and I think he'd like to forget about the whole thing. And if he can extract that promise of neutrality, maybe keep those two provinces that are so important to him that he's already kind of maintained, then maybe this could all be over? are Ukrainian. And the whole concept was that mm. we don't want Ukraine does not want to give up its total integrity. Would you give up? Your no, right I, I didn't say integrity. I said in neutrality, just maintain neutrality. Be like Switzerland. That that country has all the kind of integrity you need. They even we even trust them with our money, physical integrity, moral integrity. I'm not saying just say remain neutral. States were the all right, um, Maria. I can't, I can't, wait, who? What? The two states, Donetsk and um, Luhansk, were the match. They scratched this whole business for Putin. All right, all right. Well, anyway, Marie, thank you very much. I guess I got a lot of reading to do, or uh, you can call back and give me the gist of it. It is very complicated. It's like it reminds me a little bit of Goodfellas. Do you remember when they offed? Um, uh, Tommy? No, wait. Was it Henry? Hey, Tommy? Who was Ray? Who was uh, Joe Pesci? Tommy, right? When they ma- when they knocked him off, they told him they're going to make him, and they shot him instead. And there he's bleeding out. And then you hear the re- narration of Henry Ray Liotta. And it was for Billy Bats and a lot of other things. It was among the Italians because <laughs> he was he was he was uh, Irish. It was it was a lot of Italian stuff, so it's a lot of it's a lot of like stuff that I just don't. I'm not no nothing against the Italians, but that was the line. Like it's a lot of you know in, insider stuff that I hope they they sort out. After talking to Marie, I know more than ever that we can't sort that out. I mean, we can't do that, and I don't want that carnage spreading throughout Europe. And if we start shooting. 
Russian airplanes ourselves. I think that's, I don't know. And Putin's getting very desperate. Sun Tzu, the ancient Chinese war philosopher, said you must leave your enemy a golden bridge, a way out, a way out, even with honor, even with honor. I hope this makes sense. Man, I hate this geopolitical stuff. I really do. Reese is calling from Long Island. Hi. Hello. How are you today? Fine. Okay, great show as usual. Uh, a more recent history lesson would be that the Soviet Union and communism fell uh, about 1990, and Ukraine was born. But the way Putin looks at it is that Ukraine is a democracy in the womb of Mother Russia, and Putin wants to get rid of this now because it's not turning out the way he wanted. Yeah. So it's the world's decision whether they're going to allow him to do that or does Putin have a you know a right to choose as opposed to right to life? Can he decide this? And if the neighbors there don't care, uh, he can say, my continent, my choice. And if if the world decides to stay out of it and he finishes taking off Ukraine because we won't give him air support, just like we gave up Afghanistan, but we have the excuse that they fight for themselves, but we didn't give him air support. We're going to get air support to Ukraine. They're ultimately going to fail. And then when... Taiwan falls and Trump is back in office, it can be an American first, America first policy because that's what's going on now. But Biden doesn't know he's saying American for America first. So we should just shut up, turn it to Switzerland. We should. We should. From, oh, from come on, Reese. Out of it. What? Well, from, wait, wait, no, we're sending them all kinds of munitions. I mean, you, you think you think Biden is staying out of it. With what he's doing right now, you would call it staying out of it? Well, if a surgeon asks for a scalpel and you hand them a rubber mallet, if they ask for planes and you say, oh, that's not what they need, and you're going to fight a war from Washington, D.C., then you're not giving them what they need. Put a price tag on Ukraine. Well, think about it this way. The surgeon surgeon isn't all that, okay? The surgeon is not a surgeon. The surgeon is like uh, an advanced uh, uh, physician's assistant. And hasn't operated on too many bodies before. We do know something about what's going down here. I don't like though. I don't like the way this is going because here I am defending the Biden administration, and I do not like these guys at all. And I think it's look here. They're going to give them the planes. That's going to happen next. I can. It's it's moving in that direction big time. Uh, the problem is he always has to arrive at these decisions and conclusions way too late. I don't think Trump would. Well, number one, this would not be happening under Donald Trump. That we know. Thank you, sir. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Put down that computer, Mike DiDino. You know your stuff. Are you an iPad guy? Mike DiDino works here. He's the sports guy, more or less. Who is our official sports guy? Me. No way. Are you the Soon sports? Are you the, <laughs> all right. You're being, uh, you're, being very, for it. you're being very Trumpian. I love it. I love it. Uh, Mike DiDino, our sports guy, uh, unofficially, maybe officially. Um, what the hell is going on with the Mets and uh, the COVID situation and the vaccine? So last I heard, well, let's start with the Yankees. Aaron Judge was asked in a uh, presser yesterday or two days ago if he's vaccinated. And he kind of dodged the question because obviously if you're unvaccinated, you cannot play in home games, you can play in the road, and, un- and unvaccinated players can come to New York and all play. Right, Mike, here's what you should tell all your athlete friends, because you know some of these guys. Anytime they're asked that question, they can say, none of your business. 
That's that's private information. I don't have to tell you that. Aaron Judge on the Yankees did. I don't know if we can get the soundbite, but he did dodge the question. Dodge it how? What did he say? I think Kev's going to pull it up. I don't know his exact quote. Well, but roughly, what did he say? Give me the he gist. He pretty much of... said, like, um, hum and a 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 Like, we'll see what happens. Well, anyway, that's his business. So what do they say? Oh, he can't play? As of today, he will not be able to play in home games if unvaccinated. You know, I have noticed, quite frankly, that most sports reporters, unlike you, but a lot of them, not all, there are some great ones, but a lot of them are really jerky. They are, right? are bums. And as Ooh. somebody that follows sports intently, I do watch pressers from time to time and of they teams like, I like. Yeah. And some of the questions are so bogus that they ask, man. It's frustrating. Oh, here's Aaron Judge hemming and hawing on the uh, vaccination question. Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm so focused on you know, just getting through the first game of spring training. So I think we'll we'll cross that bridge whenever um, you know <laughs> the time comes. But right now, so many things could change. So I'm not really too worried about that right now. <laughs> uh, All right. So uh, uh, these athletes should hire PR people to teach him up on how to say stuff. You know what I mean? You didn't like his response? Well, I mean, what do you think? I, there's a lot of ways to handle that, and he's obviously concealing something, right? I mean, you could just say none of your business or that's my own information. We'll cross that bridge. What does that mean? These guys, you know, they get their ass kicked kissed their entire life, the athletes. Precisely. Do. And that's a problem because since, you know, I'm glad I had my ass kicked a little bit growing up. You know what I mean? I mean, not literally, but you you got to be pushed down. You got to be kind of to learn some lessons to how to get through. And a lot of athletes, I can, they haven't learned those lessons because they've been a, we, they've been heroes since they were like seven years old. Well, let me ask you a question. I'm vaccinated. You're vaccinated. Do you, don't tell me. That's none of my business. And and uh, but uh, and how did you find out that I'm vaccinated? You've said it a number of times. Oh, your oh, wife, okay, blah blah blah. You, you were right. really sick all the first time. All right, shut up. What? <laughs> Do you think the rules bogus that Kyrie Irving on Sunday was able to sit courtside at the Knicks net game, but not playing the game? Yeah, I, the whole thing is uh, the whole thing befuddles me. Yes, it sounds kind of ridiculous. I would put it on. I'm actually going to put it on Kyrie Irving a little bit. Dude, there are ways to get vaccinated without getting vaccinated, right? 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 Well, what are they other than Uh let me uh let me think. Fake a vaccine uh receipt. Antonio Brown did that. Good for him. And it's a, technically a federal – I don't want to start – It's not a federal offense. Technically, I think it's a, it's it is. It's a federal offense, somebody asking me about my personal health. And I tell you what, you know, I go to the restaurants. Well, they don't do it anymore. But nobody – only once or twice did anybody really insist on seeing it and seeing it was my name. It could have been Felix Unger. It could have been Mickey Mouse. I was saying you can show a Pokemon card and get in there. They just look. Uh, I, think mine, I think mine's better, Felix Unger or Mickey Mouse. Uh, granted, Felix Unger is dated. So, all right. And where does what does it all mean? Um, what does it all mean? So where do you go from here, man? What What's your life like? What's my life like? Yeah. Hoping to pursue sports here at WABC. That's what my life's like right uh, now. That sounded very much like the party line. Very much like what you're supposed to say. Well, Mike, I do hope you stick around. You are a tremendous worker and a great resource, and I do appreciate you. I appreciate you. Jeez. Once more with feeling, maybe. I'm by the textbook these days. Yeah, I see that. Very corporate. Very corporate. That's okay. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you tonight on Newsmax at 7.